0: Hi, Rich. We are live. Hi, Walt. Do we have a name? Do we have a name for what this is yet? I don't believe we do. I think okay. we should just go
1: without a name for now and just call it Episode One, Episode Two, Episode Three. I like that. Just leave it at that for now. So this week, what happened last week? I think we started with Rich was going to get a haircut. This week, Rich actually got a haircut, which he's been quite proud of. He says, (laughs) he says all his wife's friends say his wife did a good job. That's surprising. (laughs) Um, you guys should know that I actually trimmed my beard this week. I did it in front of the zoom camera as opposed to the mirror.
2: The biggest thing that happened this week is you actually got a real webcam. So like you don't look weird the way you've looked in the past.
1: I don't like the word webcam, Rich. I don't know.
2: You think of camming?
1: It just, it doesn't feel right.
2: You got a better camera.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. I I know that was a big deal to you guys. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing that happened is we're back in earnings
0: season. Lots of earnings, lots of earnings calls, lots of horrific questions, on lots of calls. Lots a of few great quarters.
2: A few, a few, quote unquote, great quarter comments from our peers.
0: Yes, but
1: more than great quarter comments, we got complaints from Rich because he didn't get questions on calls.
0: Can I ask you a question? Is it impolitic, if that's the right word, not PC, to be <laughs> sick and tired of people saying good health and all this other stuff on every earnings call? <laughs> well, I had thoughts and prayers come up at least three separate times. Thoughts and prayers. Is it non-PC to be sick of that at this point?
1: I think it's okay to be sick of it.
0: Okay.
1: I think everyone's sick of it, but only you're not afraid to say it. Can we you tweet
0: about that and start to-, to do, not tweet, do not tweet about that. Okay.
2: Uh, so we can talk about it on, on this podcast, but we, or discussion, but we can't actually tweet about it.
1: Yeah, we have, we have a tighter audience on this. This is for subscribers only. This is yeah. friends. Yes, we're among okay. friends
0: here. Well, look, Brandon, Rich, my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. <laughs> I hope everyone stays healthy.
2: Uh, let's how about we going. kick this off and actually right, talk about some, something that happened this week? Okay. Beyond just pure earnings. Let, let's talk about, uh, let's, let me pull this up. Hold on a second. So let's go. Let's what do you go got, to... DJ? First one up, Elon Musk. Rage, rage against the dying of the light of consciousness.
1: I don't think this is the right Zoom. Next. What the hell? (laughs) Okay. Oh, Okay, Okay. so we're really starting with Travis Scott. Um, This was undoubtedly. Well, first of all, read it,
2: Brandon. People who are listening in as a podcast, who will read what it says.
1: This is from Fortnite at Fortnite game on April 27th. Thank you to everyone who attended and created content around the Travis Scott event exclamation point. Over 27.7 million unique players in-game participated live 45.8 million times across the five events to create a truly astronomical, with the illusion there, experience. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this, this actually probably was the biggest thing that happened in media this week. It definitely had more eyeballs than anything else in media. Bigger than the draft, right? More than the draft, and we had a bet on that. Now, look, again, that's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but I think this was at least the most important event in media. And Why? I I know you, you don't think of, or many don't think of, video games as media, but this wasn't really a video game event. This was a media event where the medium happened to be interactive, and... Just thinking about this, you know me, I watch concert videos many nights of the week. Um, And most of the videos that I've I've watched, all of them pretty much, were just old recorded concerts um, that were made for a completely different environment and actually are kind of boring. This was a new, exciting, Interactive form of media where there's actual community that surrounds it. There's interaction with other human beings, and you're using technology to to make an experience that's different and created for people that are actually at home.
0: So, so is, that, is that true because of our current condition, or do you think that stands on its own if we on its own?
1: No, I weren't in the
0: middle of COVID.
1: No, I think it com- it completely stand on its own. stands on its own. I think it would, as I guess the marshmallow one did when when that took place. But this this one was obviously escalated because it happened during COVID. But doesn't it
2: also show like how people can do things? I mean, I think of Fortnite as kind of a shooter game, right? And it yep. this sort of shows that there's a lot more to Fortnite well, yes. than just shooting things.
1: Yes, I think that and this is true for where sandbox games are probably going in general, now towards the, quote, matball metaverse, <laughs> right? But these are becoming much more than games. They're becoming places for different digital experiences that are also function as social networks um, where, where we can do things, so what happens? Do people
0: out. continue to, play? like, what, how does it work? Do people like, are they shooting each other during the concert? Like what, what exactly happens in this thing?
1: Right. So no, it, 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 you're not actually playing the game. You're, you're attending the show.
0: So you have to check your gun at the virtual door before you go into the concert. <laughs> well, so I'm serious. I had no idea.
1: There's like a little shed and you put it, you stack it up in the shed. I was trying to be serious about this, Walt.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just curious how it works. I'm...
1: No, it's not, it's not actually part of the game.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
1: Yes. In fact, I think what you you saw this, I'd not I think, what um, Epic revealed this week in Fortnite was it, an addendum where there are actually no guns allowed. It's pretty much free play.
0: Gotcha.
2: More like a club almost, like to hang out and be with friends rather than
0: actually
1: kill each other. And I think you've you've seen a lot of that in other games, in other sandbox games. You've seen it obviously in Roblox, where people are having real life experiences and, and social experiences, but aren't necessarily playing games as we know them. You've seen it in Animal Crossing, which has been extremely popular. Um, during, during the COVID period, probably because it came out during COVID.
0: Um, let's, uh,
2: let's hit the next one. Okay. Let's hit uh, C- Cable Town, Walt. You wanna read this one?
0: Lion, yeah, I always get to read the Trump tweets. Thank you.
2: I don't know why that is.
0: Lion Brian Williams, um, MSDNC, a Concast scam company, wouldn't know the truth if it was nailed to his wooden forehead Remember when he lied about his bravery in a helicopter? Totally made up the story. He's a true dummy who was thrown off network news like a dog, stay tuned. So Comcast is now in the crosshair because last week we talked about how AT&T was not invited to the, to the party. But Comcast, Brian Roberts, Brian Roberts was. was, correct. So does this mean he's getting punted from the party?
2: I don't know. They I mean from a the cable business is doing pretty well. Um you know, I think broadband's a great business. I mean, there's obviously parts of NBC and, and Sky that are are feeling a lot of pressure from from the COVID pandemic, but the cable business, I think whether it was Charter this week, uh, Altice uh a little less so, but certainly when you're looking at the Charter results and the Comcast results, cable business is is really flourishing. I mean, the broadband numbers are just staggering yeah. that yeah. you're seeing. And wireless, I mean, were you surprised by the wireless numbers, Walt?
0: I think everyone. I, I think they're finally, they're finally hitting their stride. I think Charter had follow-up numbers that were also very good. Um, it looks like Comcast should hit break-even EBITDA at the latest by Q1 of next year. Probably it could be pulled in this year. Um, the the gross ad growth. I mean, AT and T and Verizon are kind of petering along. We know. Based on some court testimony that, that Comcast is getting all of these subs or most of these subs from AT&T and Verizon, which John Ledger used to call it dumb and dumber. So, I mean, between them and Charter, it's it's uh, the wireless piece is coming together. Say what again? changed?
2: What changed? Like why all of a sudden? Because I think you've been a little bit concerned about how fast they were progressing on the wireless side, or you know. Sort of, it was, looks like it was taking longer than. What do you think? Snap. Always in the last take quarter?
0: longer. Percep- perceptions of things always take longer um, to get into people's mind. They, you know, there's companies that have tried in the past, like Google uh, with the Project Phi. It kind of came and went in terms of the marketing. Uh, Comcast and Charter stuck with it. Now they need to make the decision. They've got some opportunities to either o- offload some of this Verizon traffic to um, maybe a new deal with AT and maybe a deal with Dish. They could theoretically build networks. There's a lot of talk about this CBRS auction, which is gonna occur in July. So there's a lot of decisions that Comcast and Charter, I think have to make coming up shortly on the business. But I think at this point, when you're at 2 million subs on your way to 3 million and break even, there's a lot more ability for them, I think to make the look. And investors have sat by and withstood $2 billion of EBITDA losses and not really gone after the company for it. So I think they're in a probably a pretty good spot to, to start making some interesting strategic decisions there.
2: Let's stick with Dish and go to the next slide because I think it's um, one of the key stories of the week. This is two New York Post headlines from the same day. The first headline when the story first hit, the pictures are exactly the same. Uh, the byline and timestamp is exactly the same, but the headline is totally changed. The first headline says, Dish demands Disney pay for ESPN refund over no live sports. And an hour later, although the timestamp is unchanged, an hour later, the new headline reads, Dish seeks to stiff ESPN out of fees during sports moratorium, uh, colon sources. What is sort of uh, amazing about this is that Dish is trying to do the right thing for consumers, which is people are paying a lot of money for sports programming. The consumer doesn't care, you know, whether it's uh, the network's fault, the league's fault, the player's fault. All the consumer wants is a rebate, and yeah. DISH is trying to make that happen. And you know, ESPN certainly doesn't seem to want to refund money, but I just thought it was amazing for uh, the New York Post, obviously owned by Murdoch, and Murdoch's have a big play in the sports world with Fox Sports, it was a pretty crazy change of headlines because it really changes the whole meaning from dishes trying to do the right thing for consumers to dishes, some evil company asking for refunds when programming that was part of your contract wasn't delivered. I mean, it, it seems so obvious. It's just amazing to see the headline switch. I, given
1: the content uh, of the article and I know kind of what your interview was around that article, it, it was, it, that was a, a pretty questionable headline change.
0: Rich, what were the answers like on conference calls this week? I know um, a couple of our competitors seem to keep asking the, the question about these sports rights. Um, so it certainly generated some buzz. We, we
2: would have liked to ask those questions ourselves, but, uh, oh boy. But you know, um, there we go again. I, I, but, I thought we already
1: touched
0: on that, Rich. We we what did. What happened at did. tweeting the picture with your hand up? I know. But what did you make of the answer? Did anyone answer cleanly? Because it seemed to me... I'm Everyone's not as close to you are. It seemed like they were kind of... It, they are passing the buck, nothing. Rich, but honestly,
1: in this case, and, and it's it's literally about <laughs> passing the buck because the consumers want the money from the MVPDs. The MVPDs want the money from the, the networks. The networks want the money from the leagues. The league want the, wants the money from the players. So ultimately it comes down to if players' salaries are taken back, then consumers are going to get their refunds.
0: But why did Theoret- the MVPDs- Theoretically. Hold Theoretically, on, I mean, but that's, that's the chain. But why didn't they hit it? Why didn't they hit, maybe the questions weren't asked well enough, or there wasn't good enough follow-up, but the MVPDs, it felt to me, were given a softball to just go out and start laying into Um, ESPN or others in terms of of this? Why didn't they take advantage of that? Or did I miss it in how they word things?
2: Well, my gut instinct is at least two of the players that you're talking about um, both own sports networks, right? So Comcast has a major position in sports rights you have Charter, it's much smaller, but they own things like, you know, the Sportsnet in, in L.A., which is the Lakers mm-hmm. and the Dodgers. I mean, there, there are big positions that, you know, may make being purely truthful and going after ESPN and Fox Sports probably makes that more challenging, is my guess. Dish, hopefully, we'll hear from next week. Um, my guess is we'll hear a different take. And unfortunately, I know you didn't get a question on the AT&T conference call, yeah. but it would have been great <laughs> if somebody would have asked AT&T, but nobody did. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see as we go forward. I, I think the, the challenge is everybody wants sports the minute it comes back. And so nobody wants to go too aggressive. The problem is yeah. just we don't know how long this is. And at some point, the consumer is paying 30, 40, $50 a month for sports. It's outrageous with, with no sports on the air uh, to keep charging every single month. So I don't know. And there was also, by this, the way, don't forget the,
0: the NYAG stepped in as well saying that, so that it's just amazing to me that the, the, the media has not picked up on it more so than they have that, that despite what you said that they didn't embrace the issue. It seems like an obvious issue.
2: Especially because it's so pro-consumer, especially given the, the economic and the economy, people laid off without jobs. And the sports ratings, I mean, forget about the fact that there's no sports. The ratings tell the whole story. I mean, ratings are down 70%. I mean, no one's watching.
0: Yeah, you have have Bezos and Amazon saying all these, you have Bezos and Amazon saying all these positive things that that their company's doing. All these guys have to do is come out and say like, hey, yeah, we're gonna do what we can to get money back and pass that on to you as a consumer. It's a layup, it's a layup.
2: I I know, I, I don't know why they don't do that. It would be so consumer friendly, but look, I give AT&T credit. I mean, at and T's come out publicly, and I think Verizon made the same comment this week. They said any money recovered, literally any money recovered for sports networks, they will refund 100% to consumers or subscribers. So that's a start. The ball's really in programmers' courts, and we really haven't seen the pure play programmers, Disney, Fox, none of those programmers have reported yet.
1: Yeah, I, but the programmers, again, have to go to the leagues, right? <laughs> because that's who they're paying for the content. So why? So then you could say, why should the programmers be paying the leaks? Hopefully, and hopefully, this is all resolved because all these sports seasons come back and everyone just gets all the sports they were in a more condensed period of time.
2: You can be optimistic. <laughs> I try. <laughs> let's go. Not uh, let's known go the for next it, slide. but I try. <laughs> Walt, you want to take Apple?
0: Apple, this, is, this is someone reviewing the quarter, in their view at least. iPhone sales down, iPad sales down, Mac rev down. What's up 16 and a half percent? Services. This is who Apple is now. They're a services company and they are crushing it. And then he obviously discloses he's long Apple. Um, I mean, look, that is, he epitomizes what we hear all the time, that Apple is now a services company. They used to trade at a 20% discount of the market, now it's a 10% premium. What was interesting though, on the call, when they were talking about what's happening next quarter, one of the headwinds for the services business is the fact that people can't get out of their houses to get their phones fixed, and it's it's the money they're making from you fixing your phone. That's one of the many components of services. The subscriptions, however, the stuff that theoretically should drive a high value, really no data there. I mean, you had the overall subscription number given, but they said 125 million, I think, on Apple News. Plus but,
2: but, but that, no, Apple news, not the, not the Apple news. Version. Sorry, that's you're free right. Version.
0: Right. Apple news with the free, right. Free. Nothing, nothing on Apple music. Right. I mean, that's whatever. It's last number we got was 60 million in June of, of 2019. We, we have the, we have the we should buy the graph. We show what Spotify is doing. Hope we'll learn more on Monday about what's going on at, at Spotify. I mean, this is, Nothing on Apple TV. And by the way, all these analysts that have been pitching this higher valuation on the services, not one question about it. Not one.
2: Why do you think they don't give more disclosure on services? I mean, obviously, they don't. It's, they give the number, the revenue number. So, you know, that's obviously, you know, indicative. But, you know, they even have an Apple's channel business, right? Like you can buy HBO through Apple now. Like, why not give more disclosure? Is that just stylistically?
0: Because the stock got re-rated and they didn't have to right? They changed the narrative. They took equipment. Sort of like Disney with
2: Disney Plus. Like you just re-rate the stock on something and change the narrative.
0: When none of the analysts that you picked to be on the call actually asked you the tough question about what are the underlying metrics of that business? Like, why would you give more? And again, what is the story on... Apple Music. As in, let's just pick on Apple Music. I mean, Apple
1: we
2: don't TVs- even know the pieces, right? Like, we have no idea which the biggest yeah, piece of services this is.
0: Add. This is
1: what I was just going to say. Isn't most of that services revenue, what, what is it, App Store and Cloud? There's still? The App
0: Store, there's Cloud, there's Apple Care, there's payments from Google. There's, I mean, there's, right. it's, it's a high of stuff. Does
1: music or Apple TV Plus, would they even move the needle or is that
0: just a, quote, story? It's part of the story, but that's part of the story that is underlies this. Hey, you've got a billion iPhone users, and we're going to leverage those billion users by selling you music and selling you TV and selling you all. That is theoretically what drives the volume. Not like how many people are going to that didn't have Apple Care are going to have their screen replaced for hundred bucks, and what's the margin we're going to get on that? That's certainly what multiple do you pay for that business? Uh, no, I know, but
1: he, if you think about it. What, what did Apple do in service revenue last year? $50 billion, $50, billion. Oh, right. 50 billion. All of Netflix did $20 billion in revenue. So if Apple was to have owned Netflix last year, it would have been what, uh, 20 on 70, 28 or whatever percent, I, I'm not doing math great right now, but um, percent of the total yeah, right. revenue. So yeah. how, how much can this even move the
0: needle these media endeavors for apple the, but the the flip side of what you just said is everyone makes that comparison on the assumption that that 50 billion is largely made up made up of this subscription business of customers paying them 15 bucks every month when that's not i know
2: like I've never even met anyone who subscribes to Apple News Plus Plus. and Apple Arcade. I mean, I well, haven't heard about but, it since it
0: launched. First of all, how many people that are subscribers to Apple News Plus know that they're subscribers to <laughs> Apple News Plus? <laughs> Not to pick on
1: Apple, but no, the no, no. I mean, story is a, is a little dicey on services. Well,
2: well, the crazy part is, is like products like Apple News, I think are actually amazing products the actual core Apple News product, I actually find very, very useful. I don't pay for it, but I think the free version is really useful.
1: (laughs) I don't pay for it. Well, that's- But I get why
2: 125 million people use Apple News. I mean, it's a nice news reader app on the phone. It's just, you know, I wouldn't pay for it.
0: And by the way, the other angle on this story is you got a billion install base of customers that love your phone, that are going to come back to your phone. Why aren't you doing more to sell them or to create better services. Like Apple TV Plus, Rich, you've talked about this a lot, the people that they've hired and the content, like what's it gonna take? We had a call earlier today where we talked about, you know, getting Sunday ticket on Apple TV. And, and um, Corey, Corey Wasserman was saying like, look, they just, they it takes them years to build out the production of what they wanna do. But so you've got this installed base, which is effectively latent revenue opportunity that can take that 50 billion higher, but like, they actually have to show numbers that say that they're 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 exploiting those customers in some way.
2: Let's go to 5G.
0: You said it before the
1: slide even came up. You ruined the surprise. Whatever. I don't like surprises. Two
0: different headlines, same day. One guy, Kagan, saying 5G is accelerating. The Verge takes it, they're saying they're hinting at 5G rollout delays. The funny thing is, like both headlines are correct. I mean, Verizon's talking about accelerating, AT&T's talking about slowing down. The real question, though, is like, is anyone, is anyone really going to care when 5G hits?
2: What is 5G going to do year? for me? Like, what, what am I going to notice the most first as a consumer?
0: Um, if you run a speed test, it'll, it'll yield a better number at a particular location. So is that going to be enough for you to go and upgrade your phone? Maybe for you.
2: I don't know i I feel like my broadband on my phone is sometimes better than my broadband at home i mean my broadband at home has certainly improved but i mean latency should be better
0: ultimately but initially like if you look at some of these reports that come out the latency on it meaning like how quickly something starts to load hasn't looked really that different it's like any technology it's going to take some years um for it to layer in
2: but like i know I, i look at minecraft minecraft sometimes loads slowly or or Fortnite sometimes loads slowly on a phone. Theoretically, that's going to load faster between processor speed and network speed. That should be a gaming should be a much better experience. I assume probably one of the places you see it first.
0: Okay, it could be that what 5G ends up meaning to people ultimately is a a broadband replacement. I don't think that happens anytime soon. It's certainly not coming through your phone, but if they build the capacity and the speeds and you can offer 500 megabits per second, maybe that becomes an incremental headwind for the ISPs out there that really don't have competition in a lot of these markets. But I think that's a stretch for 2020 and even 2021. Maybe back half of 21, you'll see some of that.
2: Let's talk uh, NBA and, uh, and COVID. Brandon, why don't you read this, these two slides? Because they're pretty amazing juxtaposition.
1: Man, you gave me a lot of text to read here. Where <laughs> It's I... like homework. Yeah. <sighs> okay. okay. It's like, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like Passover, where you have to, like, read that whole book. <laughs> it, it, like, takes forever. Okay, and you just read. The long passages. Okay. <laughs> Jabari Young, model after model, memo after memo, dot, dot, dot. Few see the upside in hashtag NBA returning this season, and owners are wary, too. Time to cancel. Quote, what owners are saying is, if we return, where is the revenue that is going to justify the additional cost of returning? Okay, so that's tweet one from Jabari Young. Now, tweet two from King James himself.
2: Two hours later. Two hours
1: later. later, Saw some reports about execs and agents wanting to cancel the season, season, question mark, question mark, question mark. That's absolutely not true. Nobody I know saying anything like that. As soon as it's safe, we would like to finish our season. I'm ready, and our team is ready. Nobody should be canceling anything with the crown emoji at the end.
0: (laughs) He's ready because he probably has a gym at his place. What about the other guys at the NBA that don't have a gym built in their house? Yeah, he wants to get back
1: because he might win a championship. Exactly. Also. And especially for him, you know, he's you know, a, a little up there in age. He's now rested. He's probably going to come back and dominate. Do
0: you think Joel's staying in shape, Brandon? No, and, I and think he's working
1: out. I, mean, I, think, I think Joel's playing Fortnite and
0: um, <laughs> and hitting, and hitting the, uh, probably eating ringdings. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> eating a lot, a lot of junk food.
2: I think the conditioning issue is a huge one, right? Like how many players are even, you know, staying in, in NBA quality shape? How do you get them ramped up into shape? And I don't know, these bubble ideas, I, I keep hearing them. And it, it does seem hard to imagine moving to bubbles away, you know, maybe with your family, away from your family, building special structures, it, you know, to the, to the owner's point in that, you know, comment from CNBC, whether it's true or not, it does seem like a lot of effort. And obviously the revenues are not insignificant, but it does seem like a lot of effort when you've got next season starts, what, normally in what,
1: November, Brandon? There's a lot of money on the line, though, and that's what it comes down to. That being said, there are athletes definitely out there who do not want to be away from their families in quarantine, essentially, to finish the season, money or no money.
0: I mean, one of the things, Brandon, one of the things that Corey Wasserman said uh, today was that they feel like an obligation and what? Casey, Casey, you said
1: it a few times. It's okay. We're all kind of having our brain farts on this on this one.
0: Casey, sorry. Hopefully, I did. I did. I refer to him that way on the call. I no, hope not. You were good. You were good. Again, Only again. like six times. <laughs> uh, but he was saying that they feel like this obligation and this duty because people are into sports. Like that sounded very noble and everything. But do you think that's realistic in terms of the players or the owners that they feel like they need to bring sports back and maybe the revenue plays a backseat?
2: The thing I would say is I, I do think that there is a competitive element, you know, that kind of kicks in, right? Like you see NASCAR starting, you see golf trying to start if, if you know, if let's say EPL or one of the, the leagues in Bundesliga gets off the ground, I do think that there'll be a competitive element of like, hey, they're playing. Why are we not playing? Like they're having their championships or seasons. Like, why sure. can't we? That might be the biggest driver of what gets sports back is if you can kind of get the the snowball rolling again. Um, but but I share a lot of Brandon's concerns of like, this does seem complicated from like a player health. I mean, just test.
1: The you situation. Know,
2: people can't even get a test yet right now.
1: The situation is, is complicated, period. There's different motivations for people wanting to bring things back. There's different motivations for players and other stakeholders not to want to bring things back. What's going to wind up happening ultimately is probably that everything comes back and we'll kind of, to some extent, we'll
0: see how it goes. What happens to the ad dollars? do they just skyrocket the ad dollars.
2: Well, playoff revenue. So like the one thing we found out because the NBA was when they were the first to get shut down, what we were told is that 65% of Turner and, ESPN slash ABC NBA revenue comes from playoff basketball, so all of the money is in the playoffs. That was certainly true for the NCAA tournament too. I mean, all of these things are wrapped up, and so there's big advertising dollars now. I think it's part of the question is,
1: Rich, to see who the advertisers uh, actually are. Because yeah, I mean, that's where I'm you going. Go through like through the list of ESPN and sporting events advertisers, I think cars are probably auto is probably at the top and is auto going to be buying ads? It's not a slam dunk that all that ad revenue is actually going to be there, especially given the economic circumstances. I
0: mean, wouldn't, wouldn't cars come back stronger than ever? Cause if you think about it, like who wants to take public transportation, car ownership seems like a much more appealing product right now than, than hopping into a, a bus or a subway. I, I,
2: I don't <laughs> disagree with you. But if you go back to the last recession, and again, just use 2009 as, as a proxy, I know it's not perfect, Yeah. I know. but in a weaker economic environment, auto ad spend was down
0: 25%. I'm taking the under on that. I'm taking the under. And look, if people are as thirsty for sports as we suspect that they are, like, why shouldn't the, the per minute or whatever, however you, the metrics that you guys use, why wouldn't that go up? The CPMS. C- thank you, Bur- thank you, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> so, it,
2: it it all depends on whether there's <laughs> actually enough buyers. To Brandon's point, like you know, is there enough new demand to stimulate those types of numbers? And I think that's sort of the the comment that's being made in terms of justifying the investment from some of the owners potentially sure. is: Are the ad dollars there? They they may be. I mean, look, the NFL draft had an incredible array of advertising. They did some really cool things in terms of trying to, you know play off the fact that America's hurting and what we're doing in brands to help you, hopefully you can sustain that into the return of sports. And, you know, look, uh, NASCAR is going to be the first coming back in a couple of weeks. We're going to get a live look, obviously, through NASCAR of, like, what brands are advertising, who comes back first. And it's not the same as the advertisers in NBA or, or even in MLB, but at least they'll give you a feel. Let's stick with cars. Go to our next one.
0: Ford, Wall. Uh. Well, look, this is a good segue because the tweet says Ford delays autonomous vehicles service to 2022. They were partnered with a company called Argo. They blame COVID, um, you know, whatever. I guess that's a convenient excuse. But look, in general, the hype or the expectation for autonomy has just collapsed over the last year or two. Companies are like, they they weren't laying off engineers last year in this front, but now, you know, with the Kind of overhead of of uh, COVID, um, engineers are losing. Companies aren't getting their funding. There was a lot of VC funding of autonomous tech companies. So, you know, this kind of next leg of benefit that was going to help Uber and Lyft and maybe some of these food delivery companies looks pushed out. Um, not not good. And the Ford thing was kind of a probably a seminal moment, but something that's been building needs to have a lot of consolidation and and really puts this question of whether self driving cars whether we're using it um, as a service or even in your own car is, uh, is is obviously a risk now.
2: I'm still trying to figure out when I'm gonna feel comfortable being in an Uber or any car with other people at this point. I mean, I still think that's part of the, the mental challenge we're all gonna to have to think about over the course of the next- So your week. issue would
0: be that you wouldn't wanna get in an Uber because someone else was in there before you and you think, right.
2: I mean, that would be my first initial thought. I mean, look, we're having questions, right, of like, yeah, I was reading the stories about theme parks opening up, right? I mean, what are you going to, like, wash the railing down every five seconds? Like, I, I don't even understand how it works. I mean, if you're worried about people touching where other people touch, whether it's an Uber or a theme park or, you no. know, I mean, a movie theater, obviously, you, theoretically, I guess you could space them out and clean the movie theater after
1: every single screening. What but, if everyone wears those giant gloves, like the Mickey Mouse wears at the theme park? <laughs>
0: So if you're not going if you're not going to take the bus, you're not going to take the subway, you're not going to take an Uber, so you're basically just going to stay in your house. I
2: my bicycle sounds awesome right about now.
0: So 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 lift actually I think shut I've been down. on the Peloton
2: a lot. I've been on the Peloton a lot. So
0: The Peloton doesn't go anywhere. It actually stays in a fixed <laughs> location.
2: I'm just saying it's got me bike trained. I'm really in good shape for my biking
0: everything's going to have its risk, right? I mean, you have drivers that can spray things down. It's, it's, your payment obviously is touchless, um, with Uber, which helps. You're going to have to get from point A to point B at some point.
1: Well, people who have cars will use their cars and
0: maybe more car. It's
1: really like for big cities, like a New York city issue or San Francisco or wherever. Um, what, what do these cities look like over the next couple of years and who's going to want to live in them? <laughs> but that's a whole other topic for a different one of these zoos. Okay, let's
2: go, to, let's go to HBO. We've got um, a, a tweet from Cord Cutter News saying HBO Max is now available for pre-order with a discount. And so HBO Max, $11.99 versus the normal HBO price of $15.00 And what makes this so interesting is, you know, Walt, whether it's Apple or or really any, you know, think Amazon, think Comcast, Charter, Altice, all of them, they all sell HBO effectively for the the normal list price of $15 a month. Like you don't usually see discounts on HBO. And, you know, if you think of, of the, I don't know, call it 32, 33 million HBO subscribers, probably two-thirds, three, probably three-quarters of them are coming from those third-party distributors, meaning they don't come from AT&T or DirecTV or even direct-to-consumer today. They're using all their distribution partners. And here is HBO saying, hey, it's cheaper to subscribe to HBO than however you're currently subscribing through one of our partners. And you know those partners may ultimately offer a discount, but I just thought it was fascinating to see the first offer come into the marketplace being HBO undercutting the list price for all of its partners. And so like I was an Apple TV plus subscriber to HBO. I canceled my subscription and signed up for the 1199 through HBO max, uh, you know, obviously HBO is trying to put pressure on everyone to sign deals for HBO max and they'd prefer to have direct customers, but it's just, it's a pretty aggressive move from, from AT&T in terms of kicking off their strategy for HBO max.
0: And some portion of those remember are getting it for free as bundled with AT&T Wireless Unlimited. I'm texting Joe to see if we have a number, I forget what it is, but... Um, <laughs> You're texting him in the middle of the Zoom? <laughs> yeah, I mean he, he'll always know those numbers. Yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah. But okay, I just look at it as we're, HBO we're,
2: wants we're... the data, they want to have that direct sure. relationship with the customer the way a Disney Plus or the way a, a Netflix does and It feels like this is the beginning, you know, especially with new leadership over at Warner Media with Jason Kalar, who who ran Hulu and obviously understands the value of a direct customer relationship. This seems like a pretty strong signal of like the direction they're going with HBO Max that they want to have that direct relationship. And yes, we have partners and we've loved our partners for a long time, but we need to take this in-house more and more every day now.
0: So does this have any implications in your mind for... What they do with Direct TV, or is it, you know, it doesn't mean anything one way or another.
2: I think this is the beginning of the end for Direct TV. I mean, uh,
0: I think
1: I think the the beginning of the end already happened.
2: Yeah, I think we're fair. getting
1: towards the end of the end for DirecTV at this point. I guess that's fair. I guess the way I should have written it or
2: said it is, I think when you hire Jason Kalar and say you've now got somebody who ran Hulu and who was very disruptive to the traditional media ecosystem and you bring that person on to run Warner Media it basically says the future uh, of Warner Media within AT&T is HBO Max like it, yeah. it feels like that's the horse and they'll milk cash and they'll stop spending on marketing but the horse that they're really betting on long term is HBO Max and they're going to put every resource behind it and you know I know we were talking about some of the programming that you were seeing when the when it started going up online with the with the launch date The programming is really broad. I mean, this is not Disney Plus. This is not what, you know, and it's not HBO.
0: It's not HBO. That's the point. It's
1: not. It's totally different. It's not Netflix either.
0: Right. It's closer.
1: It's closer. It's It's closer to Netflix, but as they start to add in some of their other properties, they will inevitably add sports there's going to be news programming from CNN. We always we always say that Netflix is kind of the replacement for basic cable right now. They actually have the tools in place to make HBO Max a true replacement for basic cable between sports properties, news properties and I mean Elmo's cable. doing a talk show.
2: There's a talk show with Elmo. Like it is really broad based. I mean You know, it's just, it's so much different than what HBO, which was sort of like, you know, high, I don't want to say highbrow, but really premium programming that hit a bar, right?
0: So if pay, so if pay TV like, so direct TV, for example, they said the pay TV sub losses, we're going to moderate. That's not happening. That's going to sustain. It's not going to get worse. Like most people think, but it'll sustain whatever 800, 900, maybe a million pay TV sub losses are down. So then these people are coming off of the free subscription to Disney Plus for, you know, H or uh, Apple TV Plus for people that were in that bubble, is there gonna be massive churn at the end of this year at, on the streaming services? Do people just keep these services? How's that gonna play out, Rich?
2: I mean, look, we've got a lot of people disconnecting cable. Uh, you know, the, the numbers leave off Charter, um, which actually had better results yeah, good, year over good year. quarter for Charter. But, but other than Charter, I mean, and collectively as an industry, Q1 looks like a bloodbath for, you know.
1: Before, Charter, before Charter reported, I took a look at that, that chart that you, you tweeted out. Um, but it, it, I think the industry among reported companies was down like 11.8% year over year. And
2: look, with Charter, it's down nine and a half percent. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, again, Charter was good the vast majority of the industry has reported Charlie's the last major who's going to report, I assume next week, you know, I think all signs point to pre the Hulu plus, sorry, the Hulu lives and the, and the YouTube TVs industry is going to be down high single digits for sure. You know, it finished last year at down five. How
1: How many subscribers are we talking about losing in video in this quarter or this a like lot depends billion? on
2: dish. You, you know, you're at down a million and a half. Yeah. Or more than a million and a half. Yeah. We're talking. You TV added TV some, you added some YouTube TV and Hulu lives for sure. Some it's not a big quarter for the VMVPDs, but they, they, they did me. better with COVID. You know, maybe better than you would have expected with COVID because it was easy to add. If you needed news, you obviously didn't need it to add sports. Um, I, I think this is going to be, the worst quarter on record for the pay TV industry. And so just a Walt's question, like a lot of dollars are getting freed up. If you've got a weaker economy and people are cutting back on pay TV. All of these services, $15 are now $12 for HBO Max, 6.99 or even a discounted price for, for Disney Plus, 12.99 for Netflix. I mean, these numbers are still so much smaller than what you were paying for, I mean, pay TV, you're paying most places $100, if not a lot more than that. I think a lot of people are just going to go broadband only, you know, meaning fixed and or wireless broadband only, and they're going to pick up a bunch of these things. I think people are going to have more of these services. They'll rotate between them. Like, I, I look what I did. I signed up for a month of Showtime because YouTube TV was giving a free month or, sorry, Google Play was giving a free month of Showtime. I signed up. I bombed through Homeland, and I clicked cancel. I didn't pay a penny for Showtime for a month and I'll sign back up when billions comes back. Like, I don't think you need to be subscribers to a lot of these services for the full year, which goes back to HBO Max's strategy of having a really broad array of content so that you can't click in and out. Um, I mean, there hasn't been much new on Disney plus since Mandalorian. I mean, from a new original show standpoint. Yeah. Let's do one last slide and then we'll be done. We're going to do one last one on college sports. So we've got this crazy juxtaposition of Iowa, the president of of the University of Iowa saying, the plan is to resume athletics, including football on June 1st. And then on the right side, we have a story in the Stanford Daily, which Stanford's publication saying, next academic year could start in winter, Provost says, basically meaning of course, no college sports and obviously no Pac-12 in the fall. And so you've kind of got this battle between universities saying, they're gung-ho to play, whether that's Alabama, Iowa, et cetera, and a whole bunch of other schools on the East and West Coast who are like, we can't play football in, in the fall, or we can't even have school in session in the fall. Just mind-boggling to see the differences between all of these universities.
1: That's what we call a shit show, which <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's going to be a problem. I, you have not just the entire NCAA with different conferences that want to do different things, but you have different schools within each conference potentially that want different outcomes for the season. And some schools that are going to come back and other schools that aren't, it's going to be really interesting to see what these seasons look like and how many schools are going to participate even and how they make a schedule.
2: Someone tweeted at me, as long as the SEC comes back, college football is good to go. And I'm like, how does
1: that work?
0: Well Just because that, that person's SEC biased. Yeah, I, I was
1: I was gonna say and mean, in, a, in a way it's true, right? That is uh, by that is far fair. the power conference in NTA football. Um but I mean come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean a
1: college football playoff system By the way, wouldn't... Clemson is not in the SEC. So
0: Brandon, what are you doing this weekend now that you're down at the beach? We're going to have very nice weather tomorrow. I know. We're
1: going to have 70 degree weather. What do you think? Um, I'm probably going to go to the beach.
0: Nice. Are, there, are Socially they? Socially distant. Do they let people on the beach there? Yes. Nice.
1: Yes, I've been able to go for walks on the beach holding my own hand. Sometimes <laughs> Jess is. Um, <laughs> every day. Sometimes. Yeah, like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it, it'll be nice and uh, I don't know. Hang out. How about
0: you, Rich? You Probably
1: any- work because there's nothing else to do.
0: My goal um, is to try and get my kids out of bed because they seem to spend a lot of time there now between schoolwork and otherwise. So hopefully, now that the rain has stopped, that it's, can. It's,
2: it's May 1st, we opened the pool wall. It's going to be a little oh, chilly. Really? We, we did open the pool.
0: Fill up that propane tank, heat that puppy up. What time? Be, what time's the barbecue? What time's the right? barbecue start tomorrow?
2: Rich is ready for the hot tub. Yeah, I just—I'm ready to smoke something. I mean, what? <laughs> okay.
0: Oh, that's right—the ribs.
2: Well, yeah, we're gonna do. Oh. Right. I mean, we're smoking something this weekend, without a doubt.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: On that I, note, I, yeah, I was gonna say I think it's time to uh, sign off.
2: We'd love your feedback. Episode two.
0: Did we get any episode feedback two. last week?
2: We did. People liked it. People oh. wanted us to keep doing it. Okay. But we didn't get a name. No one gave us one suggestion for a name. Again, Not
1: one suggestion. We don't even need a name. It's episode two, episode three. Okay. Hopefully there will be a four and a five. Have a good
0: weekend. Well, definitely there will.
1: Goodbye. Okay, bye, fellas.
0: Lates.